Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. And today we have Adam all the way from Australia. Adam, thanks, thanks for taking the time. How, how is everything going in Australia? Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a, it was a sunny day here today. So uh, yeah. that's always good in a, in a Melbourne uh, uh, winter, I guess, as we're heading towards winter here. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you're, you're practically week in time now. So I appreciate, of course, you, you taking the time. And, uh, and today we have a very interesting topic, uh, which is essentially the status of grassroots sports and innovation in Australia. It's a lot of interesting stuff we're going to talk about. But before we dive into that, why don't you, Adam, share a little bit about your background, your experience with, your, with our audience so they can learn a little bit more about you and so they get a little bit more sense uh, of everything we're going to talk about in, in just a few few minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So I currently work as the general manager of growth and development at Athletics Australia. Right. And that's effectively uh, the participation uh, area of the sport uh, at a national level in Australia. And the, that role is quite uh, broad. It covers everything from uh, coaching, coach education yeah. uh, to a few to programs in schools and programs in the community. So it's a quite a broad and, and diverse uh, role. Right. Um, prior to that, I was in the, the interim high performance director role. So the, the kind of the other side of participation uh, <laughs> there for a period. Right. Uh, and that was Athletics Australia. But uh, then prior to that, I was the, the CEO of um, one of our state athletics uh, associations for, for nearly 10 years. Um, right. So been involved in athletics for, for quite a long time and, and also as a, a participant as well. So certainly know the, the grassroots area. Right. Uh, quite well, well. Which, which is why you're brought in for this, this topic, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the perfect person to speak with. You know, you, you kind of like touch upon all, all different elements. And I think now as well, you know, uh, you know, of course, uh, going into the, the the big challenge, right, where where there, there's obviously, you know, big challenges going on. But I, I think uh, in, in many of our viewers and listeners, you know, I would say maybe like, you know, our main audience right now is like Norway and maybe North America. I don't think they're like too familiar with the structure of like how the Australian sports is. So if you could kind of like give a little bit of a base, baseline of how the sport industry is organized and structured in Australia, I think that would be kind of like, you know, huge for our, our audience right now. Yeah, absolutely. So we have the we have a lot of professional sports in Australia, right. but particularly uh, Australian rules football. Who, you know, for people that are familiar with the, the landscape here, and then we have uh, you know a lot of the traditional Olympic sports uh, like like athletics, and um, yeah. yeah, I guess you you've got the the two parts of that the the Olympic sports, which uh, you know um, always struggle a little for for the finances, and, and some of the right. bigger professionals who are much more well uh, resourced. Um, yeah. In terms of the structure, I suppose, uh, you know, Australia is a very, very large country in terms of um, the size of uh, the continent. And, right, uh, right. Very small. Um, so we have uh, national, we tend to have a lot of uh, federated structures. So we have a national yeah. body, uh, and then under that, each of the state and territory organisations. So there's uh, eight states and territories. All right. Okay. Uh, across the uh, and so those state organisations feed up into the national body. Yeah. And generally what you'll find is that there's uh, a number of clubs or other organisations that, that then, uh, I guess, feed into those state bodies. So right. very kind of tiered structure, uh, which, which can be good sometimes, but it can also make things uh, quite challenging 
yeah. um, to, to manage from time to time. But uh, look, it is what it is and, and, and we certainly make it work. And um, <laughs> I guess uh, those structures sometimes keep you honest as well because there's always someone, uh, uh, you know, to point out a, a different view on things, which, is, which can be pretty healthy at times. Right, so it's sort of like an umbrella, umbrella structure in a sense, right? Kind of like tr trickling, trickling yeah. down. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I suppose the key part of that is that um, many of those state bodies are uh, they're autonomous, so they're oh, members okay, of the national okay. body, right? Autonomously. So, hmm, interesting. Um, yeah, like for example, Athletics Australia is is telling the state bodies uh, what to do. Yeah, it's more of a collaborative oh, okay. approach to support. Okay, so that's that's kind of like where it's different, at least from from Norway, because Norway is a very like umbrella structure. So it's kind of like yeah, the the, the elite, um, kind of like the sport federation at the top, uh, NIF, um, Norwegian International Federation, and then it kind of like you know you have the under under federation with like the the football association and the other ones, and then it kind of like trickles down to the states, regions, you know, and so forth. So it's a very um, I would say very umbrella here here in Norway. So it's it's interesting uh, structure, and of course, like you know, different um, you know tiers, as you said, have different uh, autonomy and, and and responsibilities. But at the same time, it's always like at at the top here here in Norway, kind of like structuring that that element down. And then of course, you can kind of like call it as mini umbrellas within the different different kind of federations. Again, going trickling down. Um, but of course. Uh, similar to Norway, um, as we just talked about, the grassroots is a big part of the sport in the industry, uh, in the country as Australia. And leading up to kind of like this current situation, what do you see, uh, and, and you're literally inside it too, what do you see as the biggest challenge today with the current situation, dealing obviously with, you know, the corona situation, you know, a lot of, you know, economic impact happening, and, and, and this is challenging, you know, for, for the grassroots teams and organizations and of course you know the lack of participation um what do you what do you see kind of like as your biggest challenge in in australia today with the grassroots grassroots sports yeah i guess the interesting thing about uh covid19 it's really the great leveler i mean i talked a little bit in, in the intro there around the professional sports it's a well resourced uh, in australia and then you right. know, some of the What's uh, like athletics that are not as well resourced, those Olympic yeah. type sports. COVID's kind of changed the dynamic on that because everyone's in the same situation. And right. uh, like most countries, we've gone into a situation of lockdown. And yeah. for grassroots participation, obviously, that uh, means a, a cessation in uh, activity, right. um, but also for professional sports as well. And a lot of those uh, sports are tied to things like broadcast rights. And right. I guess when, when to play those sports it uh, interrupts the, the the income and the revenue from that and so across the board professional or, or amateur sports so to speak is, has been impacted significantly yeah. here in australia and it's been i guess the last uh, two or three months for all of us has been about survival um right. you know, getting through and had to take some some fairly drastic measures across uh, the industry to be able to keep organizations going and so that's meant our decisions around staffing levels um some cutbacks uh, in some cases in some sports some redundancies and so forth so it's been right. been tough and obviously on the, the other side uh, for participants particularly in the grassroots uh, yeah. area where you know so many australians are out uh, participating in sport and physical activity and right uh, they haven't been able to do that in in the same way that they normally would so there's you know there's flow and effects from that the things like mental yeah. health and 
and well-being for the community as well. So it's been a challenging time, but I, I guess we're starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and there's, there's plans in place around reactivation of uh, right. community and, and grassroots sport in particular. Uh, and literally last night uh, here in Australia, one of our professional codes uh, kicked off again uh, oh, okay. in empty empty stadiums. So it's a uh, yeah. new world, but uh, I guess, you know, sort of things uh, show us that there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And, and you know, hopefully, uh, I guess we, we've been pretty lucky here in Australia. We've, yeah. um, we've uh, contained the, the spread, um, yeah. touch wood, for the moment, yeah. and, and that's allowed start easing some restrictions uh, across the country. And some of those are at different stages. So some states are ahead of each other uh, in right. terms of uh, those restrictions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, there's some training and, and some level of competition starting to emerge again. And uh, hopefully that continues to, to head in the right direction. Absolutely. And, and I think you're right. You know, it's like, it's good to have something to stretch for and, and like to see that, okay, things are happening now. It gives you kind of like the motivation to keep going and, and just, uh, you know, you touch upon, okay, we had to do like, you know, some critical, critical measurements and initiatives. Like, can you just touch like lightly upon like what kind of like, you know, critical decisions you had had to face? Because I mean, like, I think it's interesting for those young professionals, you know, students learning like, okay, like, how are we coping with this situation? What do we have to do and think about? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm part of the executive uh, team at Athletics Australia. And um, I guess, uh, you know, like, like most people around the world, it, it caught us off guard in terms of how quickly yeah. the, the situation changed. And uh, I remember a, a meeting we had uh, back in, it must have been early March here. Yeah. Uh, our Championships were um, approaching, and that's a significant event to, you know, for right. athletics. It goes for a week, and, uh, thousands of uh, participants and right. officials right. and coaches, parents, supporters from across the country. So it's a large event. Yeah. At the time, that was about three weeks away, and we uh, went into a, I guess, a meeting, uh, you know, with our team, and uh, came out of that meeting with a decision that we were going to have to cancel those championships, and wow. so. Impact on on people, and it's it's really just snowballed from there. The types of measures that uh, yeah, you know, we've had to take. So, touched a little bit about uh, you know staff. Um, yeah, you know, it's hard when you work with a team of people. Uh, uh, we've got a good good environment. Uh, you know, in in my particular team that I work with at Athletics Australia, and uh, you know, we've had to uh, temporarily cut some hours on some people, and right. in some cases, stamp down. And that's that's been really hard when you you Can know. And um, yeah, a challenging situation, but necessary in the context of, of where we're at for yeah. uh, getting us through. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, as you mentioned there as well is that of course you know it's challenging you know laying off people or like permitting you know your staff, but at at the end though you know it's like uh, you got to do what you got to do you know in order to keep things things running, and uh, I think like as well uh, you know in a sense, the staff and, you know, the people involved also understand, right? Because, you know, we're all involved in this situation together and, and trying to cope with it in the, in the best possible way. Um, but if we, we look a little bit into the bright side here. I mean, like we talk a lot about, you know, challenges and a lot mm -hmm. of stuff that is happening. Uh, you mentioned, of course, that, you know, sports is, is getting back back on its feet. Uh, we have a lot of good news happening now in Norway too. So everyone is like super excited that, 
uh, you know, the, the, the professional football league is starting back up. Uh, of course, like with no, no fans and everything like in the stadiums, but you know, the, the thing, things are moving on. People are getting, you know, able to practice and everything, but from more of, um, you know, working situation, which is, you know, obviously, you know, what we want to focus on here. Um, and, and I think people don't necessarily think about, okay, well, let me work for like a grassroots organization, kind of like, okay, what's, what's, what's the value in it for me of like, you know, what kind of experience can I get? And I think um, if, if you could share a little bit of like, what can students and young professionals learn from being part of any grassroots organization? And, and of course, like, you know, a little bit more um, how the situation is in Australia, but, but I, I think there's definitely a lot of value there for looking at at those kind of organizations and an opportunity, but what exactly do you see that they can kind of like, you know, learn from it? Well, absolutely. And I think it's really important because it gives you perspective on uh, some of the challenges. And, and in Australia, particularly at the grassroots yeah. level, the sport, sports are heavily reliant on, on volunteers right. to the community sport, um, as they probably are in many parts of the world yeah, like uh, as well. And Perfect example. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and and so having an appreciation and an understanding of some of the challenges that those volunteers face at the yeah. um, you know the delivery of the sport at that real grassroots level is is critically important when you're making decisions. So you know yeah. if you if you hire up the, the, the tree, so to speak, for one of a better term, for sure. uh, if you're in a, an executive role at a national body that, that I am, uh, having an understanding uh, of how things are at the grassroots level is is just so important. And I think it. It helps you make better decisions. The the more knowledge yeah. and understanding and appreciation you have of uh, different aspects of any sport or, or really any business um, or any industry, uh, it helps you make better, more informed uh, decisions. And you know, I'd encourage anyone, um, particularly if they're uh, an aspiring uh, professional in sport, right, is to make sure you get involved with community organisations at that level. Yeah. Go and volunteer at a local club, get involved with the sport. You'll you'll get an appreciation and understanding of uh, how sport operates, and then right. how the decisions you may make in a in a role uh, at some point down the, the track a little bit, how that will impact uh, people on the ground. So yeah, really important I think to to understand uh, those challenges. Looking into the future, the beginner faces a choice that leads him to the triumph, or not. Being surrounded by like-minded professionals can be the best guarantee that you actually take that crucial career step. Sport in Global is a digital network for sports jobs. It gives you the chance to be involved in the sports industry no matter who you are, regardless of gender, nationality and experience. Our AI system matches up talent with human resources. Candidates who align with the company's values and needs immediately get shortlisted. It saves time for HR and increases the opportunities available to applicants. The platform identifies tailor-made recommendations based on user needs, so you're always aware of the possibilities out there right now. SportIn Global is a place where students gain key tips about jobs and build the valuable connections that are essential for people at the beginning of their career path. The path from candidate to champion starts with a single step in the right direction. Sign up to Sport in Global. Sport in Global, the best way to enter the sports industry. 
I think you're touching on something really nice too. And, and even like, you know, if you're working for like, say like, you know, one of the major teams as well in, in, uh, in Australia, like there will be a base of volunteers, you know, say like working game days or, you know, what it is, like you will always have volunteers part of uh, your organization at some point. And, and I think like, as you said, like getting their hands on, you know, in, in a community uh, for a grassroots organization that where this is kind of like, you know, you see how valuable they are and understanding, as you said, making good kind of decisions. And I think like for any young professional out there is, is uh, like, if you have the opportunity, you know, utilize it in to, to get different viewpoints, you know, get an internship for like a community organization or like grassroots and, and try to get get a better understanding of the big picture right and 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 as you talk about your structure right it's in australia how the sport industry is it's key to maybe you know try to get of course like maybe not you know being able to work at all those different structures but speak with people from those kind of different structures so you can get a better understanding of like how are you working with the, the highest entity and, and how are, you know, the, the different stakeholders being involved in the process of, you know, decision-making, uh, you know, you, you, you just said, you know, today that, okay, I'm just working on some governmental agreement, you know, like there's a lot of stuff you have to have to think about and, and being able to understand those mechanisms, I think will be absolutely key. So I don't know if you have like any additional remarks on that, but I, I think we both agree, like yeah, get, get the hands-on experience and try to understand the big picture. Yeah, and definitely. And even, I mean, I'd add to that, even if you're in a, an executive role, so you're CEO, you're an executive in a, an organization, yep. it's important to stay connected to that. And I, I talk to my staff about this um, quite often, is it, it's right. easy to get stuck in the bubble of what you're doing and, and forget you know what it's like out there right. on, on the ground right. particularly years and so um, right. it's important when you're in those roles that you remain connected that you get out there you talk to people you get an understanding of the challenges uh, that they face uh, at that time so I think right. it's important to understanding initially when you're going into the industry yeah um, but it's important to stay connected to that uh, as you go through as well because again that helps inform decisions uh, that, that you may make and sure. what impacts those decisions on people out there in the community yeah because you've been there right and you know how it is you you keep being kind you know the the communication the momentum you know in that that space and it also you know you understand their situation and position also better you know that that where you can lead to making decision that will you know benefit them you know in, in the long-term perspective which is you know overall you're dependent on those volunteers and those contributors in order to run the grassroots organization that you're doing and without them you know it's, it's hard so uh, understanding there and and being involved and appreciating them you know as well you know will be absolutely um key and obviously you know so something that you know fascinates me about australia is 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 how uh, particularly in sports that you guys have been kind of like a front runner of using technology and innovation in sports and like from, from your side why do you why do you think like this is the case and, and why kind of like should, should more countries follow follow this path but I'm, I'm mostly curious about like how why do you think like australia has been kind of like okay we're, we're 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 willing to take those risks you know and and using technology innovation in in sports yeah, it's an interesting question, and I, I think there are probably a number of um, ways to answer that. And you know, my view on that may differ from 
from other people as well. But I, I think sure. the, the first place is probably what I uh, talked about in terms of that sort of professional sports uh, who often have uh, a lot of resources. So I think that it, that creates an environment for right. uh, for innovation and, and trying to find an advantage in that competitive yeah. sense. But then also for, you know, grassroots organisations, the, you know, the Olympic sports, the more amateur um, sports always struggle for resources. So resource poor. Yeah. And therefore, you've got to do a lot more with a lot less. And so yeah. that, that <laughs> environment drives you to innovate because you, right. you have to. If you want to do what you want to do, you've, you've got to look at ways. And, you know, for me, you know, technology is, is a way to, um, you know, uh, help move things along, help to do things sure. differently, help to, to connect people, to um, improve things that you do. And so for me, that's a, a really particular interest. Um, I, I think also that, you know, and maybe this is cliche, but it, it's in right. the DNA of Australia around exploring <laughs> uh, you know, uh, innovation and doing things a little bit differently. Right. Uh, and perhaps that's partly because of, uh, you know, the... Uh, I guess the history um, in uh, you know recent times, colonisation in yeah. Australia, so two hundred years of you know sort of colonisation, but then sure. you know uh, fifty thousand years of indigenous history as well, and the, some of the innovations that, that come out of uh, right. the country. We're we're a, we're a big land, uh, a big big country uh, in terms of the the continent. Um, there's a lot of distance between people. Sure. Um, so you need innovation. <laughs> you need innovation. It's it just you, absolutely you do to to stay connected, to be able to to travel, and you know, so air travel is yeah. obviously critically important in in Australia because it's uh, you can you can travel a long way before you get to a, a the next major city. Right. Um, right. And, and so I think yeah, some somewhat out of necessity, but but also a you know an innate drive to to do things differently and to find an easier way to to do something that kind of uh, innate creativity and ingenuity that uh, I think uh, personifies uh, the Australian people as well. So yeah, and and I think the other thing as well uh, to add to that as well is that right. you know investment in government settings and, and so forth mm -hmm. around encouraging. Uh, innovation and particularly right. you know, sports technology and innovation in that space as well. Um, you know, a lot of support from uh, state and, and federal governments around innovation. A lot of organisation you know, working helps. with uh, sure. encouraging startups yeah. um, as well. So I think you know you've got to have the right policy settings and environment to encourage uh, that sort right. of innovation as well. But I, but I think is one thing that is maybe interesting. And of course, you're, you're talking about kind of like your DNA and kind of like, you know, and the, the blood of the Australians of like, you know, being innovative, which, which is great, you know, and I, I agree, like there has to be something in there, but there's something like we, we talk a lot about in business, right? Of how, uh, you know, do, say like larger organizations and, and, and corporations, uh, you know, one of their biggest challenges is they stop innovating because like they're so big. So they kind of like just kind of like live in their own bubble. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of the challenges with, with teams and organizations in sports in general has been, uh, you know, I'm not saying like everyone is like that. Of course, there's always, always a difference, but, but in general, like you kind of like stick with your own, kind of like, okay, what we, what you used to do, you know, you kind of like, you're not, uh, you know, ready to, to risk, take too many risks, right. And kind of like focus on kind of like your core product and all this stuff. And, and what, what, what it was interesting for me to hear is that you're essentially talking about Australians being like, or like the organization is, is very startup mindset, you know, which essentially you're talking about like utilizing your resources. So I was like thinking, okay, 
like that startup, you know, like it's essentially a startup mindset where, okay, we don't have resources. We have to make the most out of what we have, but also, you know, we being willing to take that risk. And I think that's, that's probably what, what I got the most from what you were saying was like that, that startup mindset. What is your thoughts around it? Did you like, do you feel that that that's kind of like a factor? Yeah, I think having, I'm mean, having that sort of mindset's, uh, important i think you also need the support of uh, organizations in in driving that mindset because yeah, you can have individuals sure. in organizations that have that approach but if you Absolutely. don't have the culture or the environment where you know you you allow people to to risk some sort of failure and you know <laughs> right in some cases the margin <clears throat> the margin excuse me the margin for error isn't uh, isn't great sometimes but I, yeah. I think you've got to have that right environment where um you know the you know, the people at the, the t- all levels of the business really you know back people to to have a go um, right. and to accept that you know when you have a go sometimes uh, you know things don't always work out the way that you want them to and so you've you've got to have that balance obviously between right. know, fostering that kind of um, uh, environment and, and culture yep. whilst also balancing the, the risk of uh, doing business in in those sorts of environments as well. So, so if we're kind of like wrapping a little bit up here and, and kind of like talking a little bit about like why more countries should should follow this path or like, of course, like keeping it into sports, of course, why do you, why do you kind of like feel that, you know, this will, um, you know, elevate the, the sport industry in terms of like looking at, okay, how, and maybe even now more than ever, you know, in kind of like the challenging time that they're in where, uh, you know, there's, there's less staff, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff to deal with, but it's also time, you know, to look at how we can kind of like innovate, how we can, you know, use resources that are saving us time or money or what it is, you know, in order to help us elevate, like from your side, like, why do you, like, how do you see like the sport industry doing this now and why will this be key for you know maybe not like you know in in a year's time but like you know five ten years from now yeah well probably probably start with um i guess what's an interesting point so you know sport in some ways in australia has has been delivered in a very traditional sense so club-based uh training competition structures right Uh, but what we're seeing and, and you know this would be reflected globally as well is that uh, a lot more people are looking for unstructured uh, participation in physical activity and so that challenges some of the, the current environment so there was already right. a need to, to and, and do things differently yeah i think what an environment like a pandemic uh, does with COVID 19 is it accelerates that mentality to actually look at things a little bit differently and and so whilst in in some cases things will continue uh, as normal, it, it does create an environment to allow you to think about doing things differently. And a, look, a good example of that for us, um, we we deliver uh, coach education uh, right. courses, uh, mostly in a face-to-face sense. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, not being able to do that right now, we've had to think <laughs> differently. Yeah. So we've adapted some of those courses to online delivery, and that's that's changed the length of time that those courses run and yeah. how they're delivered and, and what they look like. What's been really interesting for us in that particular example is that the uptake of, of people doing those courses has never been stronger. Right, in fact, it's right. Because the they uh, increase from home, you know, like, I mean, like, it's, it's right from their Absolutely. living room. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that plays into that point around people looking at, at flexible options to, to do things. And right. you know, sport's no different. So 
um, you know, technology creates an opportunity to, to do things a little bit differently. We've run yeah. some virtual events, like a lot of uh, um, organisations around the world have, and that's oh, yeah. that's been an interesting experiment for us and, and something we'll need to look at whether we continue alongside traditional uh, events that we run. Uh, but yeah, technology also helps uh, helps close the gap on some things and allows you to do things differently and in many cases more efficient as well. Right. And I guess that's where my particular interest lies around how can we utilise technology to do things better and more efficiently, um, yeah. often with less less resources. So um, no, for sure. And uh, and we we talked a lot, like you touched briefly upon it too, like you know, of course, doing the virtual events and uh, and staying, you know, having the coach uh, coach courses like from home, and and I think like. Yeah, like we've already seen it, but I think we'll see a huge change in, in how people do business meetings now, like in, in sports particular as well. And sure. I think this might also, like, obviously it's interesting to see, obviously, you know, talking more from our uh, participation of sports and like, you know, viewers from a spectator view of, of like, you know, in the next couple of months or maybe I would say probably out 2020, you know, people won't be able to go to the stadiums. So, um, like, how are we solving that, that situation? Which I think like, you know, that's where technology, tech companies, you know, will come in, uh, solve a lot of those challenges because people are, you know, we're talking about it for several weeks now, but people are getting kind of like, like crazy and want to like, you know, see something and, and want to like be engaged in some sort of sports, whether that's physical or mentally. And, and you touched upon like the mental part too, how important it is, you know, to, to, to have sport and, and why it is so important. And I think sometimes we, we talk about, of course, like in the big picture sport is, you know, it, it's not as important, you know, as your health and all this stuff, but it also proves, you know, how value, you know, it can bring, you know, both mentally and physically and, and being part of that community, you know, that, that team spirit. And, and there's a lot of stuff there. So I think the majority of people are quite happy that sports is, you know, steadily you know going back to 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 to, to the normal stuff that we're, we're we're used to um i don't know if you had like any closing remarks like final touches about like our topic or like something you want to want to add uh before we before we wrap up well i think uh, your point there is is really valid um i think sport offers an opportunity for us to uh, you know coming out of the the pandemic and you know, an opportunity to reconnect as well. And, and obviously, you know, there are a whole range of restrictions still in place. Right, right. Easing, but, um, you know, sport is, um, particularly in Australia, is very, very much about the, the community, about uh, the social aspects of that, about connecting um, across, you know, ages and generations and, and so forth. And right. it's, it's very important, for, you know, the fabric of our, our society and, and no doubt globally as well. And I think, you know, the, the sooner we can get back in, into that, the the better and you know I think uh, going back to your point too just around uh, professional sport and, and stadiums right. I think absolutely that uh, sports tech will play a role in that and, and I think you know people recognize the uh, the gaps in, in areas like that and, and they would naturally feel that and I've, I've seen things around you know empty stadiums with people uh, overlaying uh, crowd noise into <laughs> to that to just the atmosphere that uh, yeah. we all miss because it's hard to watch professional sport when it's like watching like a training match you know it's kind of weird (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah but yeah i I mean you can overlay a whole range of things i mean you could probably overlay a cloud a crowd so sorry yeah in a digital 
this as well. So I'm sure there are some very clever people around the world uh, thinking about those types of things, and you know, maybe they're maybe they're short term, but maybe they help solve some challenges for other sports uh, that don't have uh, big crowds and stadiums uh, in the future, which may make uh, you know broadcast products more exciting, for example. So, right. Yeah, there's, no, a, there's, there's a lot of stuff on the range news. of opportunities that come out. For yeah, sure. And absolutely. I don't know if you saw though, but uh, it, it's happened um, like it, it's, a, it's a football club actually in Denmark, Aarhus, uh, that, that created a, a deal with Zoom. So obviously the tool that we're using right now to speak. So they created like a, a partnership where Zoom is actually like broad, like they're having, as, like I'm not, I don't, I'm not familiar with like all the details, but as far as I know, like there's essentially having like a lot of screens on the side of the stadium and then essentially everyone can like view it as a Zoom experience. So it's, it's live attendance, but true Zoom. So I'm very like curious, like who came up with that initiative? Because it's a very great like kind of partnership that also brings back my, my previous thoughts a couple of weeks ago, we talked with like some sponsorship people and I said like, we will see something with tech companies like changing the sponsorship market in sports so it's 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 cool to see you know um well adam i would like to thank you you know so much for your time and for you know joining the podcast it's been a you know huge pleasure talking with you about this very interesting topic and we could probably you know go for like a couple hours just talking about grassroots sports in 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 general uh it's it's a very interesting topic and i think all of you that were uh listening and tuning in enjoyed it and uh, with every video we always finish with this not kiss and that means see you later in the norwegian <laughs> all right adam it's been, uh, been fantastic chatting to you and i appreciate the opportunity and uh yeah, I hope everyone that has uh, listened or watched on has uh, enjoyed the conversation and, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to, to me as well if you like uh, through platforms like LinkedIn and others, so you'll find me there. Absolutely. Well, we'll make sure to, to have your, uh, your uh, what is it called, like your contact info in the, in the bio and, and tag, we always tag you in the stuff, so when we, when we release it. So thanks, thanks Adam, and we'll, we'll talk soon.